Yo, welcome to Deep in the Bag. We're back. After a three-year hiatus, two-and-a-half-year hiatus, I'm back. Just going to use this platform to talk to the homies and uh, shoot the shit and do our shit. I'm not going to market this podcast. I don't really care if anybody listens. This is a project for me and me only, and I like to talk to people. So we're going to fucking do that here. I'm going to talk to a lot of different guests uh, all over my network, my friends, my family, anybody that I find interesting, new people that I meet. I'm going to try to record in person most of the time because I feel like these conversations are better had in person. Um, but yeah, if you want to listen, listen. If you don't, who fucking cares? Not a big deal. All right, let's get into it. Yeah. Remember when my first meal was school lunch? Now I spit a 16 straight with no punch. Remember all the dinner, all we ate was Captain Crunch. Now we blow big blunts on our way to brunch. Whoever, whoever thought, be the greatest growing up. Hello. Welcome to Deep in the Bag with Caleb Hodson. It's been, shit, it's been three years. No, two years and 11 months. 11 and a half months. Since uh, I did this podcast. It's not on the same feed. All of the episodes are are gone. Um, that actually happened pretty recently. They... St- they stuck around for a couple of years, but I actually had to delete that account off of one of my distribution platforms, and yeah, we lost uh, a few episodes that myself and I, myself and I, yes, myself and I, and also my good friend, my good pal, uh, Keegan Thompson did back during the pandemic before I knew how to produce podcasts. Actually, that was the really the genesis of me producing podcasts. <clears throat> I was just graduating college, finishing up my last semester at San Jose State, and was working at uh, Realtor.com, which was a internship. That was in the marketing employer branding department. And yeah, got into podcasting that way. Shout out to Sarah Staley, my boss, who hired me, who's still my mentor to this day. Uh, we produced a little little series for her. And then I kept doing my own thing with Keegan. And we had a lot of fun. We interviewed it. <clears throat> interviewed it. I, uh, the days that I smoke a little weed... You'll know when you listen. Yes, this is the first monologue, but you guys are here, so I might as well not be perfect and not read off a script because I don't listen to my favorite podcast creators read off a script. If I'm listening to a podcast that's being read off a script, then it's probably a narrative news or a story or something that is a piece of art that they're dissecting shout out dissect podcast one of the best podcasts out there for that um you know what shameless plug for dissect dissect takes full-length albums or songs for that matter the season that cole kushna is doing 
this season is just taking apart his favorite rap songs that have good meanings and good stories. Not just rap songs, R&B, hip-hop, whatever in that kind of genre. He hasn't really dug deep into bands yet, but sh- which I'm sure he probably will at some point. So we're waiting on that, Cole. But um, yeah, great podcast. Go check it out. Kendrick Lamar season on To Pimp a Butterfly, fantastic. Uh, Childish Gambino because of the internet, fantastic. Uh, Mac Miller swimming and swimming in circles. Both albums, The Connected, Swimming in Circles, great albums. Great dissect episodes. So I'm just going to keep talking about random podcasts throughout this podcast. Um, Because, yeah, it's called Deep in the Bag. This is where we just... We go deep in our bags. We'll talk about random topics. Uh, a lot of the inspiration and my favorite creators are eclectic creators. They're not niche creators, even though I do love niche content and I do love learning one specific topic from one individual person. However, I'm not an expert on one individual topic. I'm not an expert on any topic. However, uh, I like to talk and I like to have conversation and... Uh, I like to learn and I'm a curious person. So that's the inspiration again for this podcast is to talk to artists, to talk to entrepreneurs, to talk to, you know, quote unquote creators, fuck the word influencer, Um, you know, people in business, family members, and most importantly, talk to my friends. Uh, I'm learning that I hate text messaging and I hate, not hate, I strongly dislike texting at times. And at times I actually do hate it. And at times it's awesome when you're trying to do something and plan and and do that kind of stuff. But when you're actually really trying to have an emotional conversation and really talk to people and understand, all right, what's going on with your life? Like it's really shallow form to communicate and it's becoming our primary forms of communication. I don't really love it. So I'm, I'm classic. It's classic for me to call somebody and They'd be like, fuck, I don't want to answer this phone call to Caleb. It's going to be an hour, hour, two hour long conversation. Or I'll be in a room and I'll answer the phone and they'll see it's one of my family members. Like anybody that's been my roommate, like Bobby Haas, Matt Podwell, um, you know, a number of, of Hunter Gore, like any of those guys would tell you, they'd be like, God damn it. If you're in the car with Caleb or you're in the room with Caleb and he gets a call from his mom, dad, or any one of his three siblings, you might as well just put on a podcast yourself or f- go in the other room for two hours because it might be a, a long time. So if you are in the process of making the plans or doing something with him, be prepared to be interrupted. So uh, one most talkative senior year of high school, which who cares, but I think I won that in eighth grade as well. So I like to do this shit and I don't really care if you'd like to listen or not. I'm going to do it all the time and uh, keep it going because I really do feel like I missed this podcast over the last couple of years and it would, it would have been nice to, you know, document my experience a, a little bit, both good and bad over the last couple of years. Cause I've got to do a lot of cool stuff and I want to m- more better appreciate that. And I think a lot of this is going to be kind of like an audio journal and an audio dialogue uh, and a lot of a lot of um, a lot of times I'm going to be sitting here talking to myself and if it makes you feel better about your day then hell yeah if it's entertaining fuck yeah uh, but 
you know, it's almost an exercise and something I just really, really enjoy doing. But I'm also going to invite co-hosts on. I'm going to have Keegan Thompson on again um, on multiple episodes. He's going to help me conduct interviews. He'll be someone that, you know, I banter with. I'll also probably have my brother on, Kellen Hodson. Um, my buddy Spencer Hoffman will probably be on from time to time. Uh, Hunter Gore, another one of my friends. So none of these people mean anything to you as much as they mean to me. Um, so I understand that. So why would you want to listen to an episode with any one of them? Oh, because I, I think they're interesting people and they have cool backgrounds and we're going to continue to expand to the rest of our friend group and not just the friends that are, you know, being artists, maybe friends that have never, you know, thought about being on a podcast before. Uh, I, I just want to use this as a tool to document, um, life experience in a long form uh in a a long form situation and something that you know you could reference a few years back um and maybe just listen to or maybe you'll never listen to it again but i think it'll be fun and you know we're going to talk sports we're going to talk music we're going to talk drugs we're going to talk alcohol we're going to talk a little bit of politics uh you know mental health physical health lifestyle choices lifestyle design travel who cares um it's the you know a new time for information and a new generation of of people coming up and having conversation um you know turning 25 was pretty fun for me and pretty uh interesting as life has really taken a turn for i don't know it's taken a turn for really real is probably the best way I could uh, describe it for me. And they, uh, you know, the cliche, you're a male, you turn 25 and all of a sudden decisions start becoming a lot harder to make and, and things, you know. And so I'm kind of going through that and it'll be interesting to to reference back at, at different points in, in my life and uh I always like to hear people think on a microphone and how they process answers. And like I said, maybe I should just call this deep in the text because I want to take the, bring the, the, these meaningless, but really meaningful and really emotionally, um, emotional, what's stimulating emotion. How would I say that? Emotionally, emotionally stimulating text messages and social media messages and cues and and shit. It's extremely, extremely stimulating. Let's kind of bring those to life a little bit more. Um, You know, maybe I just start inviting people on the pod that I'm texting that very day because that sounds fun to me. Um, And I'm not really doing this for anybody but me. I love to broadcast. Um, This has been a passion of mine. I've been watching sports since I was five. I've been mimicking and broadcasting sports since I was five in some capacity. No, was I actually sitting behind with a headset on sitting at courtside making money for a major network ever? No. Did I get to call a few games at San Jose State for the basketball and football team for free on the radio? Shout out KSJS 90.5. Yes. Did I also do that for my Madden and NBA 2K games nightly for the first 15 years of my life? Yes, absolutely. Did I do that in the backyard playing basketball, shooting around by myself on a low hoop? Absolutely. So I've been playing 
I was about to say playing with myself, pause, but talking to myself in some form of capacity and, and for forever. And it's probably why I'm a, a textbook overthinker. And so we're going to start bringing these thoughts back to life. So let's dive into my thoughts on Pat McAfee because today is the day he signed with ESPN. Um, I recorded about 10 minutes earlier about my thoughts on Pat. And uh, yeah, we're going to jump to that right about now. Well, sad day for me today. Pat McAfee left. He conformed. He left independent media. He joined the evil four-letter fucking word. And I'm sad a little bit. Good for Pat, though. Good for the ESPN business that we all hate. I hate. But, yeah, good for Pat. I know he had a kid. Probably had a change of heart. I was like, need to need to do it. But, yeah, basically, ESPN announced the Pat McAfee show will air live weekdays simultaneously on ESPN, ESPN Plus, and ESPN's YouTube channel, ESPN will announce the new weekly afternoon schedule before it is launched this fall. Sports Center will continue in the schedule. What's this mean? This means a lot. This is bad for independent media, good for ESPN, and bad for the consumers. ESPN now gets to control even more of a narrative than it already controlled by bringing in a more centrist audience. So this is their play on middle America. When people were just getting sick of this Stephen A. bullshit that we've seen for the first round of the NBA playoffs. If you're not a Pat McAfee fan, (laughs) you're going to see a lot of Pat McAfee as much as you're going to see Stephen A. on that network. And those two are going to answer to none. I mean, they have a little bit of filter. Same with SVP, but they're basically taking the influencer model to a whole nother level through network television and still holding on to live streaming rights at the same time. And it's pretty fucking brilliant. And uh, just when you thought we really had a chance to take down ESPN, they go and pick pluck the biggest independent fish in sports media and grab Pat McAfee for, I think, a discount of $10 million a year. I don't know what else is in the contract. I know Pat is probably lining up to do a Monday night football gig. Uh, He already is basically the face of game day. Uh, Last year they brought him back in, and all of a sudden game day just went from being kind of the laughingstock of college football the last couple years. I wouldn't say the laughingstock, but... A lot of memes from Corso, and and at the time was was has come for him. I mean, he's just a little too old, and it just was it wasn't working. However, now I don't know is Pat gonna get the Monday night gig? Why why wouldn't you uh, give Pat the the Monday night gig? As I literally turn on ESPN or YouTube TV, and the first thing ESPN spits at me is Stephen A. and Perk. Like, get that shit off my screen uh watching a basketball game watching the laker game hell no um back to pat like i don't know it's just it's gonna be we'll just see how and then for 
I said that consumers were a loser. Um, and independent media is also a loser. Yeah. As a consumer, I like choices and I like authenticity. I like really good storytelling. That is not always narrative based or narrative driven. Um, no, I love narratives too. However, when you're, you know, doing news, it's not my favorite. When, you know, when there's a huge filter and I've worked at a couple of corporate news, not a couple, I've worked at a corporate news and I know how it goes. There was a narrative among all 20 journalists. They covered a beat a certain way every single day. You have to cover it and appease your editors. So if your editor's politics are different than your your politics, then it's going to be a lot harder for you at that job. But if you go ahead and say, okay, editor, your politics are now kind of in the same vein as mine. So whatever slant or angle I'm bringing to this, I want it to appease you because it's just going to, the story's going to get submitted faster. You know, that's how it works. Pat didn't have that. Pat was the main, you know, he was the editor. He was the chief. He was the talent. He was the writer. He was the scripter. Like, he was it. And they say this show's not going to change, but I just call bullshit. They literally said that and immediately after said they're not going to say fuck. That's why we want, like to watch the show. That's why I like, no, nah, that's, that's bullshit. I don't need fuck. That's, that's super shallow. But it is nice that there's not a, they're not going to get fined by the, the FCC every single time they say fuck. So that's a little disappointing. Will I still watch? I've. Yes, I'll, I'll still watch because I do love Pat, but. I liked how he got his news. He got it through his connections. Now he has the monopoly. Now it, we're going to get a one-stop shop. I, I didn't always agree with Pat while watching his show. But that was that was the goodness in it. I trusted him because the shit that I did agree with or even when I didn't agree with, I knew he was doing his own work, if that makes sense. Like, those were based off, you know, he's allegedly and he'll... Now he'll have more access to these news guys. Like, he'll have Schefter. He'll have Shams. He already had Rappaport wrapped up in that entire thing. Uh... He's going to become the show of the NFL, which is cool. Maybe we'll just embrace it. He's going to probably be the next Chris Berman type of NFL broadcasting going forward. He's going to be the face. He is the NFL media in a lot of ways. And now we'll just have to be watching him on ESPN through a much more filtered, narrative-driven lens that's appeasing one of the biggest monopolies and uh, in media and and in in modern business, Disney runs everything too. Uh, not everything. Generalizing here, but you get the point. Uh, not that it, this changes my. I know I, I've gone in waves where I you know I watch Pat a lot during football season. He's really the only football show I watch. Um, it's cool. I mean, he got every all his boys paid. Like, I don't think anybody's that overly talented on that show outside of Pat. 
AJ is a gr- actually a just in a great a, a great big brother kind of adult uh, fake serious guy <laughs> that is perfect for Pat. D Butt's a good addition. He's got a good, nice personality. I look when Pagano's on there. Whitworth, Sean O'Hara's really good. So and then Pac <laughs> getting Pac Man in there has been kind of funny. So yeah, I guess I just the fact that he can't shit on ESPN now because ESPN at the same time is not changing their politics. They're still going to be on the same fuck shit, woke shit, whatever shit in the NBA. But now football, they're they're just going to have Pat running out there and they're going to be telling Pat, hey, stay away from A, B, and C. The, the structure of the show isn't changing for sure. But the production meetings that they didn't have before are are now going to be had, whether they like it or not, I think. I don't know how all that shit works, but I can't imagine ESPN just running running them out there with trust that they're not going to say fuck 15 times or say something they shouldn't say. Uh, and that's what gets tricky. Like, like I said, Pat used allegedly with every word. ESPN tries to pass off everything as fucking news on their platform and has analysts and reporters and whatever hosts broadcasters talk through this lens of factual okay this is what what it is pat doesn't do that so that's the only thing that i mean these debate shows are all satire for the most part anyway but pat does try to break news he has been playing mr journalist hat in in some capacity so now what am I question? It's going to fucking do numbers. It's going to do do great. But we're once again, we're only getting the lens of 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 NFL through ESPN now and I don't really love that. I think it's a not going to be a great thing for NFL network as far as ratings go. Um especially during the day like NFL network doesn't have any big personalities outside of Rich Eisen and Rich Eisen doesn't do Pat McAfee numbers, so that's why ESPN getting someone like Pat McAfee, which he was already in the building half the time, not half the time, but sometimes, like calling games, being on game day. And once again, I do think it's they're probably grooming him for Monday Night Football. Why not? We know that the best analysis isn't what we want. Do we? I mean, I guess they have Buck and Aikman, but give it a couple of years if this show stays around. You watch. I don't think Buck and Aikman will keep that, or maybe they replace Aikman with with Pat, throw him in there. I, I think they're, or maybe he he jumps over to the Manning cast finally, which I think they talked about last year. So maybe it's Pat and the Manning boys. That that could be you know pretty entertaining. And that is that's been a nice added wrinkle. And and Pat and or Peyton and Eli get away with some shit, but the quality of that production still sucks. Pat, I hope you know. Are they going to keep the same studio? I are are they going to ESPN going to you know add some production value? Even though the production value is pretty damn good on the Pat McAfee show, but the Peyton and Eli show is, has not been great with the guests. Like they, if they're going to get guests, they need them in the building. Like that's I don't know. We're we're getting too far in the weeds of production, but that's deep in the bag again, baby. I'm back. This is uh. It's been a couple of years. Did this during COVID with my buddy Keegan Thompson. 
We had a great time doing it. So <clears throat> since the pandemic, I have kind of totally invested myself uh, into producing podcasts. I've recorded, you know, had a couple of different, uh, had a show called Hoop World with Dante Green, um, former NBA player, played for the Sacramento Kings for a few years. Um, a couple of other teams played overseas for a while. Still plays for the big three. Shout out the killer threes. Um, had a podcast with him for a while. Stopped it. Um, you know, maybe it'll come back at some point, but no promises, no guarantees. So I've, you know, danced around. I've I've been on a few podcasts. I've voiced a few podcasts for a number of different clients. Worked um, at a news organization where I did a, a quite a bit of voiceover work for them um, called Fierce Life Sciences and then produced two podcasts, one called The Top Line and one called Podnosis where I did all the audio engineering and that podcast still continues. Shout out Teresa Carey who is my coworker and has now taken on my job there. So now she's doing the the jobs of of two and three and and doing audio engineering herself and hosting and scripting and writing. So she is truly an MVP. I was laid off there. Onward and upward, baby. It's all good. Uh, so, yeah, I did that for a full year. Um, my first full-time gig in producing podcasts. So, fast for um, rewind, that was the end. Uh, that was the most recent, um, you know, biggest, like, oh, I finally kind of made it here. I got a full-time job doing this just three years in. But also reality struck a year in, and and we didn't hit quarter one revenue. And so some of the production team got cut. Me and my boss, you're out, you're gone. Turn in your shit, turn in all the equipment we sent you. So that's part of the deal. But I do want to rewind and tell you how I got here. Uh, So basically during the pandemic, I launched that podcast with Sarah Staley and had my podcast with Keegan Thompson. They sounded like absolute dog shit. Uh, Recording from, you know, our bedrooms, computers loud you know all this shit you hear fans in the background uncompressed no eq no background removal no luffs leveling all these things that if you're not an audio professional you probably don't or you maybe understand but don't really understand um and i don't even really understand audio like that yet uh but got into that, took went to went to school, went to an online school called Podcast Engineering School with Chris Curran. You should definitely go check it out because honestly, it was a really awesome experience. It's like 10 classes online and it gives you access to them for the next, oh, I don't know, rest of your life. It was like a couple grand and taught me how to produce podcasts at a pretty high level. I bought a bunch of, bunch of equipment and, you know, look at me go. So... Did that, then started, you know, launching, you know, podcasts for other people, helped Jasmine Garcia start one called Hello Latino. Shout out Jasmine. We're still working together three years later. Two, Yeah, three years later. She started in May of 2020. And, uh, yeah, she's doing really, really well. She uh, interviews Latino creators from all over, you know, different Latin cultures. Um, she's Honduran herself. Great podcast. Also produced for somebody that was – on that podcast and I met through that podcast called Ish for Dusko, who is, uh, who I've co-hosted his podcast for the last six months when we've done it. And he's just a stud 
you know, digital marketer, has worked at Snapchat, LinkedIn, helped start uh, and built a marketing department at, um, you know, a food startup called Crave It. Um, and now is that one of the biggest, uh, biggest companies that, biggest investing companies in the world called A16, A16Z, and he is the community manager at the crypto division. And so, yeah, I do his podcast every once in a while as well when we, when he, kind of does them seasonally and, and has breakthroughs and, and inspiration. It's kind of something that is an off the side project for him. Um, but it's been awesome because he's, he's put me in touch I've, with a lot of cool people and I've, I've met some, some really awesome creators through uh, his platform. So that's been great. Um, and then I've also worked at some medical networks. I worked for Backtable LLC, which uh, does interventional radiology, urology, um, OBGYN, ENT, all those are different shows than an innovation show. So shout out Backtable. They really uh, were my first real client that wasn't just uh, a friend and that was actually a network. And, you know, I got to go to a podcast movement in downtown LA and that was a really cool experience. Got to meet uh, Andrew Huberman, which is probably the the biggest and most important health podcast or mental health podcast, brain um, neuroscience podcast in the world right now. He is uh, awesome. Go listen to Huberman Lab um, and learn about you know dopamine, learn about your brain, learn about a number of different things that he's helped me with. And you know, I'm still trying to refine and, and get into my routine or get into my routines um, more consistently and effectively. So shout out that podcast. Um, also got to meet Talis Taylor, 20,000 Hertz. This is that podcast movement as well. 20,000 Hertz is one of the coolest narrative sound design shows that exist in podcasting right now. It takes some of the most popular sounds in podcasting and tells the entire story. So like from the Microsoft, uh, the sound of like the Microsoft Xbox startup logo to the t- uh, story behind the, the TikTok voice um, to just a number of different sounds like the the slap bass on Seinfeld, like really really cool goes in tells the origin story so go check out Twenty Thousand kilohertz um anyway so shout out back table for taking me to podcast movement because podcast movement is a wonderful place to go um network and to just see what's what's shaking in the podcast industry and improve as an industry professional like myself who edits audio and does audio engineering freelance and um you know i've, I've worked in a a a one singular full-time role. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a long, a, a good time. I worked at believe podcast network as well. Um, that is a, um, a sports network that basically pairs podcast professionals with, uh, an ex athlete and they, they kind of cover one singular team and there's some huge athletes on that work network. I got to work on, Fade the Booth, which is Deshaun Jackson's podcast for a bit. Um, Jeremy Casebear, who's a really famous beach volleyball player. Uh, got to work on Kwame Brown's shitty show. Fuck Kwame Brown. He's a not one of my favorites, but cool show, to, I, I guess, to, to work on. So it's been it's been a fun three years, but, you know, as in production, everything is as good as your next gig. Uh, and if you don't have the next gig, then, you know, you're struggling a little bit. And so... That's what I'm kind of learning about this this business is it's can be seasonal, it can be up and down. Some months you're on fire, some months you're not, and and so um, that's at the very least, you know, it can at least 
produce my own stuff and and put my my uh my art or my craft out there into the world uh so yeah but that's kind of what this show is going to be this is going to be about a, a 30 minute episode um just to tell you i'm back and and wanting to do this thing again and you know um if you want to come on the show just hit me up honestly i this isn't going to be one of those shows where i'm like hey i got to hide this from people or not allow people to come on because they're not cool enough or have enough followers or aren't doing enough. If you want to come on the pod, come on the pod. Let's chat. Let's, uh, let's talk about anything, but yeah. Um, I hope you, you tune in to the next few episodes. Um, not going to really put a cadence on this thing quite yet. Um, but you know, I just want to record as much as possible and, and hopefully find, you know, I'll find what I'm trying to accomplish out of it the soon, uh, sooner rather than later, but it's got to be consistent before I, I get to that point. I don't want to edit a whole lot because that's not what this is to me. Um, it's really just an audio blog called Deep in the Bag. I don't even like to call it a podcast. Like I said, I, I, I'm selfishly doing this for myself and nobody else, and... I really want it to be a form of someone that wants to eavesdrop. They can fucking eavesdrop on a stupid conversation that I'm having. But yeah, that's it. Fuck it. Peace.